0: Okay, welcome everybody. We are back to the Be Revolutionary podcast. I am your host, Andrew Perry, and my co host, Emily Barry. We did not plan that, Barry Perry, but.
1: Uh, what? Barry Perry? Um, that's how you introduced I me? Am, I am Rusty. This wow. is my first podcast back. Since the pandemic That was a way better intro that I could have done because I just don't have the broadcasting voice like you do. Okay. So that was very good for not doing let's, this in four uh, months. Let's
0: rewind this. All right, and Emily Bear, you introduce the show.
1: Oh my gosh, I know I can't introduce the show. It's that's not all you. That easy. Is okay, it? welcome to the revolutionary podcast where Andrew Perry did not tell me the dress code today. So I am wearing a, <laughs> a, a dressy dress because that's what I thought I should do today. And Andrew, is dress down. This is dress down day for Andrew. I didn't get the memo. That's my intro.
0: Well, you know what? That was a great intro. Great intro. Um, And you should be happy to know that I'm sweating. In this, uh, good. I'm glad ensemble. you're sweating
1: because you didn't give me the memo. So, see, I've missed this back and
0: forth, forth. I've missed this banter. I know it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, this is the
1: second time I've seen Andrew in person since like, COVID hit. Oh my God, it's really the second time. Months. The first time was last week when we filmed the Revel commercial yes. that should be coming out. Stay tuned. Andrew yeah. uh, had a really good performance. He's going to win an yeah. Oscar. Yeah, that part of the awesome. Academy. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty yeah. good
0: i um, super excited about that. We've got a few different uh, commercials coming out. Um, and I think that kind of leads into what we want to talk about today. Not about the commercials, of course, but, you know, what, what makes a brokerage thrive? And I think throughout this crazy craziness, if I could call it that, is, is that, you know, you really see the strong people, the strong entities, the strong businesses in tough times. And I think one thing that Revel has done an amazing job at is, you know, how it fostered its culture from a brick and mortar to having events to, you know, seeing people in person to really thriving in a market where you really had to switch to a completely digital platform. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, Emily, you had a big um, uh, part in that process with, you know, taking control of all the Revel ad classes uh and putting them into a digital format so maybe you can talk about you know what was the what was the hardest thing about kind of transitioning from an in-class segment to you know having to run digital classes
1: okay well that's a lot um i think (laughs) there were a lot of questions he just threw at me Uh, but i think what we wanted to open with was we've been busy we've been busy uh busy you know shifting how we do things yeah. but right from i think the first week where covid hit um we've been saying okay what do we need to do and we got to do it and we didn't just sit back and wait and wait mm-hmm. like some other brokerages did that are still possibly doing um but realtors uh you know we're we're trained for market shifts we're trained for um, all kinds of stuff to happen I was talking to an agent that's been in the business quite a while and he he compared this to almost like a 9 11. uh when 9 11 hit <sighs> many years ago the, you know no one knew how it was going to affect everything because it had never happened mm-hmm. and I think we've never we've never lived through a pandemic so nobody nobody knew what to expect that was the hardest part when it hit right andrew was yep. I mean I remember calling you I actually remember having a phone call with you and I was showing a house that day and, and I said to you like I don't even know if I should be showing this house I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening what's happening in the world and we were all just, you know, really, really scared. And and there was that uncertainty, but Revel, uh, yeah, we, we shifted quickly. I was teaching at the time, um, teaching probably about two classes a week, two to three classes a week. And I had, we had to go online fast. Um, I remember sitting in my stuff for about two or three days, just thinking, you know, uh, I was distracted like everybody else. And then waking up one day saying, how can I take this Revel education to To the Zoom meetings, I had never done it before. Right. So in a matter of a day, I got on the phone with Ryan. We were on the phone with one of our other mentors, Nick. We were all practicing Zoom, Google Meet, which platform's best, let's yeah. get it online. And I think it was the second week of the state of emergency, we had classes mm-hmm. online. So we, yeah. we shifted very quickly. And surprisingly we had amazing turnouts. Like everybody was showing up because everybody was, was scared of what was happening. And I, they really appreciated that we were continuing to, to train them. And, and I had to, you know, what dress up, suit up and be there live for an hour and a half in front of all these Mm -hmm. new agents, um, who were, you know, honestly, a lot of them looking like, terrified. Like, what do we do? Like, uh, what are we got to, you know, they just showed up and and I love them for that. They showed up to learn. They showed up to get distracted from what was going on. And I'm so grateful because like distracted me, (sighs) like I had something to do other than sit around and (laughs) and be scared myself. So that was the rebel ed. Yeah. I think the biggest thing
0: is that for veteran realtors, um, you know, they may have not ever experienced anything like this while they're Um, you know, going throughout their career, Uh, but also especially like huge, so huge for rookie agents that just got started.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's such a tough year for them.
0: Revel who's, you know, we're known for our educational programs and, you know, Mm -hmm. really getting realtors off the ground and prepared uh, to start killing it in their business. And, you know, any other brokerage could have just folded with their education program.
1: Well, the cool right. thing was, is I didn't just take all of the classes I already had and go to Zoom yeah, with them. Would. I was saying, okay, what do they need to know now? Okay, we can we can wait on some of that stuff, but I was putting yes. together new classes. So I I I shifted quickly. I put together a virtual open house class. I did research, figuring out how to host mm-hmm. them properly. Um, I did a whole lead gen in a uh, pandemic. I called it. They were yeah. like, what's this all about? They showed up to watch, and I was trying to get them to to see, look, you. There's things we can do right now because a lot of a lot of the realtors are focusing on what we can't do. We can't do open houses. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't go door to door. I'm great at door to door. I can't do this. I don't even want to be calling people right now. It, I don't even feel right yeah. even calling. But I was trying to get them to shift their mindset mm-hmm. and grow their business and, and work on their business during everything. And it worked out great. Like we were going to social media. What can we do yeah. on our computers and not be out there? But, but I think
0: the biggest thing here is that the, think about this there's still people buying and selling throughout this global pandemic, absolutely right, especially even at the beginning. Yep, and the people that did need to move in the beginning were probably the more serious people that actually needed somewhere to go. So they've already sold their home, or for health reasons, or for whatever they needed to get out and they needed to go to a uh, to a better place, I guess. So, the whole thing behind that is like, do you do you want to be with a realtor who may or may not be struggling with how to service their clients or somebody who's a little bit more prepared? And I think that's what Revel and yourself was trying to do is say like, look, okay, guys, let's not take our foot off the gas. There's a way to Mm -hmm. be successful in this business. There's a way to still help people during these times, but we have to do it safely. And we still have to protect our clients from the buying and selling process. That was
1: the big question from the public was how are you guys still selling houses? Mm -hmm. And if I got phone calls during that time or emails, it was like, what's happening? You know, how are you, how are you doing this? Are you even working? And that was really important for us to not only offer like additional digital marketing like a, a lot of a lot of us went to 3D tours yep. uh virtual marketing we were saying to buyers have you taken our virtual tour before we book an in-person showing we want to make sure you've taken our virtual tour right right and course. if they were other out-of-town agents or sometimes even local agents didn't realize there was that second link for the 3D tour yes. so then we, they were saying oh no we haven't can you send us the link so we were sending links to agents making you know and and that was eliminating some showing so Absolutely. we were doing our part yeah we we're exercise, doing our part right? and I think a lot of the agents watching today know the industry changes. We all know about the liability waivers. Yep. Um, and most of the the sellers, if they have their houses listed, um, know that those are getting signed. Um, you know, we're putting sanitizers. We're trying to screen. We're limiting parties. So all of that's going on. But you're right. People still have to buy and sell. And it's there's so much that's been affected uh, from this, like globally and locally. But real estate is... It's kind of a constant and it's, yeah. it's amazing because people have been buying and selling throughout this, not for, you know, cause they don't take this seriously. It's because they've had a soul sign on their lawn and they have to buy. Exactly. Um, and there's people, I sold multiple houses since the pandemic yep. hit with people not seeing the house. Yes. We so did sight unseen, people were watching our virtual uh walkthrough tours and they were submitting an offer conditional on seeing the house that week. And, and that, I mean, that, that was just such a, you know, mm. but to see that it was like success, right? Yeah. Like we put all this work in and and we eliminated all these showings and now people are offering yeah. like, it was great. It was good. And, and
0: aside from buyers and sellers, like what is a brokerage doing? Or, a, you know, a director like yourself, what are they doing in order to train the realtors? And mm-hmm. y- you touched on it before. So, right, you've had, you have one group of people that are saying, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to show any houses. I don't want to put anybody's life in danger. And although we respect that highly, they, if they have clients that need to move, what are they going to do? Just not help their clients? Yeah. Right. So you've got one end and then you've got the other end who say, Oh, this is a conspiracy or whatever. I don't need to be safe because it's all a hoax or whatever. Right. And so you need to find that line, and you need that education, and you need that training in order for a realtor to properly service their clients, right? And yes. that's, I think that's what what you're touching on. So the how can we limit the foot traffic between um, you know in Niagara, a lot of our buyers and sellers are in the in, are in their senior age, right? So mm-hmm. limiting the foot traffic through the house was yeah. crucial.
1: It's so crucial that, right that, now, that and, still, and still and still limiting our number, you know, our Niagara numbers yeah, are have declined lately. We all have seen a lot of the videos down by the tourist district, and we're we're not here to take a side. And you know, we're not. I oh. there's all kinds of opinions on this. People from different ends, ends of the spectrum. I've had sellers that are so laid back that are like, oh, you know, you know what, I'm fine with it. Just yeah. uh, it doesn't bother me if I get it, I get it. And then I get other people at the other end, like, you know what, my the husband, cameras, my, my husband phone. has held his Health concerns that we see our parents on a regular basis. Nobody yeah. want, is coming in here without a mask. And I think it's really important that we spread the word to the agents to really respect what the seller of that property wants. Right. It's not a debate. You know, it's not up to you to decide, well, I'm going to bring three extra people just because they're overreacting. And I, we've seen some of that. And for the most part, the Niagara agents, uh, we work together and I think yeah, we've worked together really well community. and respected each other's, uh, policies. And we write little remarks on the realtor remarks and, and we respect that. But I have seen some cases where, you know, two people are signing that they haven't been sick, mm-hmm. sending it in and they're bringing like five extra people still yeah, and three cars they're pulling up. And then the sellers, a lot of them have these app ring apps now. Yeah. So they're calling us saying there's seven people in my living in room. House. Emily, what is going on? Like you, said that these are in place. So it's very difficult to, but, to do this perfectly, but I think we all have to cooperate and spread the and, word. And
0: the, and the problem is, is that not only for one, do we have cameras and mics in so many different houses these days, but just from, <laughs> just from like a human being standpoint yeah. and from a professional standpoint, like mm-hmm. how do you not, how do you show up to a house Saying that you've got two, a couple a husband and a wife, and you end up bringing the entire family the the grandmother, the cousins, the the you know great uh, great uncles, and you don't even let the it would be just let the agent know if you let the agent know you'd be like okay no problem send in those other forms yeah as well as please take two groups through. I showed one of your listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, my clients didn't uh, didn't go with that one. But I let you know. I said, "Hey, Emily, we've got two families. I'm going to bring them in separately."
1: Yeah. Right. So
0: mm-hmm. it was. If you just have a little bit of respect, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. But before we, you know, get too far off topic, um, you know, we talked about buyers and sellers through this process. We've talked about how Revel has been helping their realtors throughout this process. What I want to know and because a lot of realtors don't talk about this a lot of realtors i'm scared of, what kind yeah, of question are you going to throw yeah. at me no a lot of realtors what they'll do is they'll go on and on about how much they hustle how much they grind and you know how hard working they are and and it's true we've got a we've got a crazy business a crazy you want to make money you want to serve your clients especially Hustlers in this crazy out there, market yeah? right mm-hmm. but did you take any time off
1: did i take time off
0: yeah during the pandemic
1: ooh that's a loaded question <laughs> When, oh, when this hit us, um, and the kids went off school, um, I, I feel like I almost came to a halt with, with, um, I had listings and I had some business going, but a lot of people just got scared and they were just not doing much at all. And and neither was I. So there was a lot of just, um, trying to figure out what to do next, you know, and then experiencing my own uh, fears with it. I have of family, course. I have parents, I have people, loved ones that I was worried about. Um, and but work it's, and it's the uncertainty. Adult, it, it, it was it's like, like I was scared. Yeah. Um, I distracted myself with throwing myself into the rebel education and right. trying to throw myself at the new agents in or, in order to help them because they were so excited to get into real estate in 2020. And it was just like, I can't believe this is happening to yeah. them. They just worked so hard. So it was like trying to keep them motivated. Um, but uh, I would say, Andrew, there was, a th- I remember calling you and yeah. we're all different, but you were really, really busy throughout the entire thing. I slowed down for about a month and a half. Right. And I was, I was grateful for that actually, because like yeah. I, I really used the time mm-hmm. with the family and, and to, you know, really f- you know, sort out my own feelings around yeah. everything and, and say I like, think
0: "That's so important."
1: how do I get up every day and be positive for my kids and for my clients and for people calling me? And I, I had to get my stuff together. So yeah, I think a lot of us went through, maybe you didn't, you were so busy no, during I, that. I, but um, yes, I took time off good. is the answer. No, good. And I got to know that my children more. Right. Um, it was the biggest blessing in 2020 was hanging out more with my girls and cooking. I started a cooking show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it didn't last very long. Oh
0: my God. I remember. You know what? I was so, I was so I'm, infatuated. People with were tuning in stories. just to
1: see and maybe I, how I was cooking. Or maybe
0: like Joe's, Joe's reaction. Cause you can always <laughs> flip the camera and he's like sitting there and he's like, um, yeah, it's good. It Thanks. needs
1: ketchup. It needs ketchup. Right. See, that's amazing. But you know what? And and a part of that, I just did the one day because it was a day where I was experiencing a lot of turmoil, a lot of fear. It, it was bad. I was feeling bad, and I thought, what am I going to do? What else am I going to do? Yeah. Okay, today I'm going to try to cook rice. I, I'm not. I don't cook. I'm a realtor. But like, did hey, there's realtors out there that cook. But I'm a realtor that doesn't cook, and everyone knows it. <laughs> but um, it's an
0: inside joke
1: at the broker. It's and yeah. I don't cook. But, uh, you know, yeah, I took time off and I think work-life balance is just so important. If there's anything we've learned through this, trying to say like, what can we take away from this year? And it's just, what's important. What's really important. Right.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, we did chat and I was super busy. Um, but there was like by week four or week five, I was just like kind of tired and we you were go, were, go, go.
1: You were going we were, like full you know, force. I
0: doubled down on lead gen. I knew everybody was on their computers, everybody was on their phones. I doubled down on lead gen. Um, you know, we were making sure that we were only servicing the people that really needed it. Um, but at the same time, by like week four, week five, I was tired.
1: You know why? I'm going to tell everybody why. Because you weren't sleeping. Yeah. Because what's at home?
0: Right, new right.
1: new baby at home. Well, actually, you know I what? didn't have to be up all night during a pandemic. I could go to sleep. I might have had a hard time sleeping because of stuff on my mind, but I eventually yeah, fell asleep. Yeah. But you might have had to woke up to feed the baby. Yeah, so
0: you're but you know what? Busy. Even before that, we were by like week four, week five, I was so di- tired from just working that I took a couple of weeks. Um, maybe not completely off, but I took a couple of weeks to really enjoy. it. Yeah. I
1: remember you said you were, we're going them.
0: swimming. We just bought a po- house with a pool, so we weren't going swimming, yeah. you know, and then Gabe was pregnant leading up, uh, to May 24th when we had the baby. But you know what? I, you know, I, I wish I could say that, uh, by the time the pandemic was kind of slowly uh, going into phase two, I, I was kind of back to work again. Yeah. So like we were in, because we, I felt like I missed so much of work
1: mm-hmm. that I kind
0: of just stepped back in to work mode after the baby was born, which, you know, I'm kind of regretting now, but at the same time, like you kind of got to do what you got to do. Right?
1: So when you weren't only working and servicing buyers and sellers, you were also you're also recruiting. So do you want to talk? Do you want to tell us about yeah, our, know, uh, the new agents and yeah the- absolutely good segue, good segue, Emily? That's I did a good pro. segue. I'm doing podcast training. That's a joke. There's no podcast training. <laughs> so um with the recruiting,
0: it's important to note that um my efforts in recruiting were again pivoted. Mm-hmm. So I was doing active recruiting. Ads, phone calls, emails, uh, DMs, and not a Zoom. Zoom video calls. Oh my god! We, you, and I you did some what? recruiting calls so, together. Yeah, and so what I did was I slowed down the advertisement uh, aspect of the recruiting mm-hmm. uh, process, but what I kind of doubled down on was building relationships on people who I already knew were interested. Yeah, and I just kind of reached out and had an honest conversation, and it would lead to. Um, about two or three virtual tours a week. So during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, while other people were, you know laying off employees, uh, putting memberships or contracts on hold, uh, Revel was actually uh, hiring. We hired almost a, a, at least a dozen people from administration yep. to uh, realtors to uh, other branch managers, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, as well as, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, but the uh, you know what like, the really
1: cool thing is, I think as yeah. people were at home, not doing their regular activities and they had more time on their hands, is they're more inclined to pick up the phone. And right. that's when I started getting all of our new agents and our revel agents to start picking up the phone and calling their their relationships because I said to them, people want to yep. hear from you right now. They normally are like, oh, it's my realtor from last year, probably just checking in as well. Oh, I'll call him back later. Let it go to voicemail. But now they're saying, oh, it's our realtor calling. Oh, they're answering is... the phone because they, they, they're they at home and they want to, and they have time to talk. So a lot, we were reaching out to people and they were happy to talk to us. So moving into if new agents were kind of on the fence with maybe leaving their brokerage and exploring other brokerages, I think, uh, I think we were getting noticed for what we were doing and right. th- that we were taking our revel education right to online. Immediately we were doing, I was doing three classes a week during the pandemic. Right now yep. we're down to two and we d- we're doing our guest speaker series. It's high this summer too. Right? Uh, but you know what? It, it's still, we're, we're offering it. Any of our agents from any of our branches can join. It's so easy uh, and they they love it because they don't have to, and I love it because I don't have to leave my house. So I, I teach, you know, I make sure like my hair yeah. is done. Make sure I put a little lipstick on. Family, family. I put like a tank top, like a work tank top and then I've got like the pajama pants on. That's a great way to teach.
0: <laughs> well, it's a comfortable way. <laughs>
1: it's a comfortable it's way to a teach. Smart
0: way to teach.
1: Get the coffee, and you know what? It's great.
0: Yeah. So. But back uh, to
1: back to um, your your meetings. You were really busy recruiting buyers, sellers, new baby.
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely super busy. Yeah. And um, in that time, uh, I, I recruited for myself. Uh, during yes. that time, so we you have, had a
1: lot uh, of changes recently. Yeah, we had
0: uh, uh, two new uh, buyers agents that we added to the team,
1: mm-hmm. Brandy and
0: Amanda. Uh, they've, you know, your
1: photo shoot was we, really slick, by the way. Of course, it I tried was. to invade your photo shoot that day, but all right.
0: <laughs> like, well, I think the the important thing with with me is that we doubled down so much on the lead generation during the pandemic that we needed help. Yeah, and I did reach out uh, to a few people in the office, did my own interviews. Um, you know, encountered some really amazing people that were doing amazing things during the pandemic. But yeah. well, you so, called
1: me when you were really busy. And yeah, I was like, hey, Emily Barry, you want to be on my team? Andrew, what's the magic word? Starts with an L, yeah. leverage, right? Leverage. And, and I was like, just leverage. find the right people and then yep. focus on what you want to focus on yes. and then leverage. That's a whole other podcast on well, teams and leveraging. that's point
0: because you did, because I, I was a great sure job what at I that. needed. I didn't know... Do I need another buyer's agent? Do yeah. I need another admin? Mm-hmm. So I called Emily, and you walked me through uh, your experience and how mm-hmm. it differed from mine, or the the uh, the realities of potentially going in the wrong direction, which I know very well because I did that last year, and I didn't want to make the same mistakes yeah. twice. So I confided in Emily and and you mm-hmm. helped me out and here we are. Everybody's happy and uh, the team is is growing and we're doing deals um, left, right, center. So we're super pumped about that.
1: Yeah, and lots of new hiring, uh, expansion. So you've been a little bit involved more yes. than me in the expansion, I would say, because um, just knowing where, where we're opening up and talking to you, you have contacts like all over, not just Niagara, right? So yeah. do you want to talk a little bit and tell yeah. us about the so expansion?
0: There's a couple of things that we we can talk about and a couple of things that we can't talk things show. that. Today. Yeah, secret. And um, I hit my mic. But That's we not. do have a secret. Um, so, Rel, uh, we've got our six years coming up. Six years. And really? we've got... Yeah, six years.
1: I thought we just celebrated five years. Yeah, we did last
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we got on the plane and went to Toronto. Oh my time.
1: gosh. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Continue.
0: Um, but so we're, we've, uh, uh, been open almost six years now and we are at 160, between 160, 165 uh, agents. Yep. Um, <laughs> but we also have now have eight offices, eight offices, which is incredibly incredible.
1: This is even news to me. (laughs) It is news. They grow so fast. I got to keep up. The eighth.
0: Sorry, I just kicked something. You're probably listening to something that I kicked. But anyways, uh, the eighth office, we can't speak about right now. But what we can talk about since the last time that we've been on this show, uh, Grimsby announced that they were opening. Yeah. As well as my hometown, Barrie, Ontario, announced that they are opening. They're open now. And (laughs) and it comes down to... um, you know, making that big shift, making yeah. that big pivot. Like I said, Revel is known for their culture. They're known for their events. They're known for their family get togethers and their the Revel Ed courses that we do in person. We love it. Um, but with the pandemic, we had to switch and pivot a little bit. Yeah. So our uh brokerage in our brokerage office in Barrie is completely digital. Yes. Completely virtual. Tracy so Greenspoon.
1: Tracy Greenspoon. Love her. She's uh, so sweet. Stephanie. Uh, yeah, Stephanie's there, doing great
0: the, uh, the foot runners up there and they're doing fantastic. I went up to see them uh, a couple of weeks ago with cam actually from gray media. We did some videos, did some photos for them. We sat down and, uh, uh, you know, talk shop a little bit and it was interesting to hear because I know the struggles of an, of a brokerage opening, like your traditional brokerage, your brick and mortar. We know the struggles. It is difficult, you got a lot of overhead up top, you're trying to recruit, you're trying to find that middle ground, trying to get your name out there, especially when you're in a new marketplace. Mm -hmm. But what is unique to their situation is that it's completely digital. Really digital round, keeps,
1: while, while keeping well. the same fundamentals, right? right. Of, of Revel. And, and I think that is a challenge and it is a lot of work. And these new head coaches are working overtime. I think with our, um, our general manager, which Emily Tropea, yeah,
0: drop new general manager well. doing
1: a crazy good job. Like Amazing. just, just, she came in at the beginning of the year. She, she took the reins. So she was been, she had so many suggestions to go digital before the pandemic. Even it's <laughs> so funny, right? She yep, had us on yep. new communication network. She was yep. like, What's the? Why are you guys doing it this way? Let's do it this way. It's a lot better. And then the pandemic hit, and she, you know, and then she came out of her, wow, like okay, what do we do next? Like here's mm-hmm. what we have to do. And so much of our stuff is 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 shared digitally for our agents, right? They have access to so much, Um, and then just so many more hires. Like Cheyenne's terrific. Well, I that's what I was
0: going to say. Everybody, I think Ryan and Nikki and Emily Trope as well knew yeah. that. Going mm-hmm. digital was going to require change. Yeah. And it was going to require doubling down on your efforts mm-hmm. to be that innovator in, in the real estate
1: space. Not laying off and not reducing your employees. Not laying down. While other people were, they were adding and yep. they added a lot. And
0: so we, we added <laughs> a few different corporate roles, yeah. right? A mm-hmm. um, marketing director, yeah. a PR director, our, a general manager. And, um, some front end staff as well. Yeah. So, new front.
1: There's a bunch. Of, I, walk, I walked in the other day and I know the girls, all the new, the new stuff by texting them and I right. know their face, right. but like, you know, we I just started going into the office. Of course, Ryan's on me. Oh, we got to work in the office. And like, I know I'm working there. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying, but I, I, I'm so comfortable working from home. And then my team members too, cause I rent space at Revel. Um, I'm trying to rotate the team members, uh, by doing calls and lead Jenna at the office. And I just don't. <laughs> want all of us in there together. So of uh, I went in and I'm just like, okay, I'm trying to match the faces to who I've talked to. Uh, but they're all amazing. And everyone I think fits really nicely and they understand yeah. what we're doing and what we're all about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's good. Yeah. It's expansion. It's growth. It's yeah. Good. Well, that's
0: the thing. Like I was talking about is that you need change. You don't grow without change. Yeah. And you know, although even I was a little Put off at some of the changes, but yeah. I, I knew deep down that that's kind of what we needed to do. If we wanted to take this thing to the next level, I think Ryan and Nikki yeah. understood that, mm-hmm. um, you know, top level understood that everybody understood that. And when you, you start seeing how those processes start to kick in and work yeah. with Emily Tropea and her role and and how she's kind of taking things taking the department the, the the um some of the difficulties off of Ryan and Nikki's plate is what I'm trying to say and putting them into director roles like myself and yourself it was it's, now it's just so much more efficient and we can help our realtors become better realtors by just focusing on what I'm good at what you're good at yeah. and and what Cheyenne's good at which is been a huge help with our in house marketing and our graphic design and everything like that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we could talk about Andrew's maybe yep. just like a couple Switch predictions, uh, yeah. predictions with 2020 with the rem- remainder. Um, there's a lot of predictions going around. Um, I think you and I, Joe, we've all talked to agents from Toronto and the big cities. Yes. Uh, that are saying there's a lot of people that are thinking of moving up north that are if they were considering Niagara for the last few years they're 100% sold to get out of the big city Niagara is market is doing like phenomenal right now.
0: Yeah. People
1: coming down, which is amazing. Um, Another prediction is, uh, is, is the real estate brokerages just getting more competitive with what they offer to, to the agents. I think there's going to be a struggle to offer more digital services. And I think new agents are going to look at brokerages and say, you know, what do you do virtually and digitally? And how are you going to support me in, in a, in a new kind of industry? Right. Because I don't know how long this will be around. For a right. while, we were all like, when this is over, remember, like the first month? Yeah. When this yeah. is over in the summer or when this is over in 60 days. Mm-hmm. But I think we've all really accepted mm-hmm. that we don't know when this will be over. I think right? The
0: steps that we've taken are, and in the initiatives that we've kind of uh, applied to our everyday business, I don't think they're going to go away. Yeah. It's the same thing like my wife would say, uh, I wonder if uh, wa- Walmart's going to stop delivery service. You know what? I bet you they're not. And I think just sometimes you need to go through something like this in order to see things for mm-hmm. what they really are, and and you start developing um, new mm-hmm. ways of doing things that you know you never knew. Uh, would apply to your particular business or situation before.
1: I hope the grocery delivery service continues even yeah. if we get vaccinated and, and ever this is all like behind us one day. Yeah. Because yeah, I order my groceries online. It's great. It's <laughs> I mean it, it okay a, were little like bit. 300 a little, every little two bit. Three hundred bucks a week more weeks, expensive now we're like
0: three hundred dollars a week. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because we're home more I don't know. Okay. One the, more uh, milk <laughs>
1: The consumers too, talking about buyers and sellers, is is they're getting more educated as well. And I think they're going to have more of a, a demand from their listing agent, for example, when yeah. before they would just go with somebody because they knew them. And I just find now sellers, if they put their house up, they're more like, well, what exactly are you doing to keep us safe? What exactly are you offering? And if it's just like, you know, some basic photos, and that's all they're saying, they're feeling a little uneasy because there's a lot more services they could offer.
0: Good point. Um, so, and on that point, see, look how good you are at Segway. Oh, segue. Um, so I was actually, uh, this is a quick little story. Um, I was up against three other agents at a home in St. David's and like recently. Yep. Like- very recently. And I was so amazed. I love what my, I don't want to spoil the ending, but my client, so I ended up winning, but I love what she did. And what she did is she emailed out to a group of realtors and she said, here's what we're looking for. Here's a set of questions. And on that questionnaire was, what are your plans to keep us safe during COVID? How are you going to market our house during COVID? And a few other things like what's, why do you stand out from any other realtor in your area? Blah, blah, blah. But the whole point was while, While other realtors were taking time off, I was kind of focused on um, answering emails as quick as I can. And I was also developing ways to market people's homes just like you guys were differently Mm -hmm. and effectively Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. limit the foot traffic through clients' homes. Mm -hmm. They ended up choosing me because I responded A, so quickly, and B, I actually had an answer.
1: Mm-hmm. And the problem
0: is is that most of these agents were either not prepared to answer that question or it wasn't something that they had They didn't know how.
1: Or yeah, they, they were put on how. the spot, yeah, right. Because they do their business for so many years the exact same way, exactly, and, and that's tough. And I feel I feel for them. Like same with like me. I mean, I haven't been in the business thirty years or anything, mm-hmm. but I've been selling for about fifteen years. So I've been doing things, shifting my services, yes, but I've been pretty much doing the same services for several years now. Right. So I had to look at what I was doing, uh, and there were services that I was I, that I took away like the free staging, for example, yeah. right away when it hits, um, uh, my staging assistant, uh, she wanted to go on a layoff. She did not want to go in people's houses. Yep. I didn't want the inventory going in the houses. So we stopped the staging service, but we said, okay, now what can we offer them instead? Mm-hmm. You know? So then we started 3D s- service. Yep. I started doing full walkthroughs of the houses right. during the I pandemic. That. That was really cool. because and Because, and some of them, I'll be honest, I didn't put all of them public, but I had them on me. Yeah. So there was one commercial property I had and it was like, you know, A rainy day and I looked disheveled. And I was like, I'm just gonna do this. And 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 I did a walkthrough with two different angles, front facing, then facing me. Yeah, Joe was telling me. Okay. And 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 I said, Joe, we're not putting this online, but when there's any inquiries on that property, send these links to the to the agents. And do you know how many, how many buyer agents were like, Wow, like Mm -hmm. we don't even have to go now. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't fit the needs for my client. Wow. Uh, we didn't realize there was very little parking there, you know, and, and it was, um, it was just huge value. And we're not, we're pre- preventing people from meeting, preventing agents and buyers from these meetings. Yeah. We're preventing people from being in a small space yeah. from bringing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just was good. And, um, there's other things that we started offering to yeah. like digital so, feature sheets, well, so much what, stuff. What about, what about now?
0: Like, what about now? So we're in a kind of weird gray area where the Ontario um, uh, government is allowing open houses.
1: So phase three, are we, uh, sorry, I should have an update today, but we we were entering phase three Friday.
0: Yes. You I, and I should I have was, this <laughs> for some reason. I thought it was Tuesday. Well, for the main thing, I, I don't plan on doing any open houses for a
1: while. Either do I. And I think I had a new, an, an agent from our office yeah. message me last night and say, how are we going to, what's our procedure for open houses? And yeah. they threw me off. I said, well, what do you mean? We're not allowed yeah. to do them right now. And here's how we're, I, I've been teaching you guys yeah. live virtual open houses. He said, well, we're allowed to do them in phase three, and that's coming up any day now. And I, I think my seller will want an open house. I said, okay, fair enough. But that, that, that's a very, you know, good conversation with the client, Andrew, because that's up to the client. And then if the agent doesn't want to do it, then someone else from the, you know. Correct. But are we stopping people outside the open houses? Are we, are they signing things? You know what?
0: That, that's the thing. So we need to treat it. We need to treat it as if you've got a really popular house and you're blocking off um, showings. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, you can't have two different groups inside the house at the same time.
1: Exactly. You know, and, Did- and
0: the problem is, is some agents that have been complaining about open houses are the same ones that, and I'm not against anybody's strategies, but what's different about holding an open house as, as normal or holding offers, pricing the house below market value and having a hundred showings in four days.
1: Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know what? It's a it's a really good point because we're not not allowed to against people. Yeah. The only difference there, the only difference is those people coming for those appointments have been pre qualified. They've signed the liability forms. Good point. Um, And the open house, a public open house, would be just random people getting out of their car, walking up. So, and I and I understand there shouldn't be more than one party in the house. So, if these open houses are going to continue uh, public again, there's absolutely going to be agents that jump all over it to do them again, because that's, well, it's, it's a lead gen tool for agents as well. They want to be in front of people, but they're not going to be in front of three or four parties in a house. It's going to be very different. They're going to be very focused on getting a form signed that the people aren't sick and they haven't been around anyone that's been sick and then collecting the forms and getting signatures and then putting hand sanitizer on them and then giving them a mask. What if the seller wants masks and they didn't bring a mask, then you're turning them away. Yeah. I, I, It's going to be a lot of work and a lot right. to think about.
0: Well, you know what, uh, Dennis uh, and Phyllis from our office, yep. they had a listing uh, around the Lionhead area. I forget the name, sorry. Um, but uh, I thought it was so professional. When I brought my clients there to show the house, they had the booties. Uh, Deb yeah. from Royal Page has this as well. Booties. I, I was showing her house. Um, booties, uh, gloves, mask. Hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, summertime. A lot of people are wearing sandals. Yeah, you know, we're walking through bare feet with the uh, with the whole COVID thing going on. But you know, it was just provide that type of service for your sellers. It's I have more listings in the higher end, so we we don't really see a ton of foot traffic. Foot traffic. So I show up with my own little kit. Yeah. But I think leaving something at the front door that the sellers can put on the porch while they leave. Um, for the showing is is a great idea.
1: There's a lot of really great effort going in yeah. to keep the client safe for sure. I personally love the live the live open houses. Um, I've done probably about six six or seven of them. Uh, I go live. I'll get like twenty to forty people join, which isn't doesn't sound like a lot. But, you know, I answer questions, people, people will tune in um, and then it plays on the social feed for several days and it gets more views and it continues to help sell the house. So it's a, it's a service for the seller. And um, I actually got a listing recently in the last month because I offered virtual open houses and the other agents didn't. And they were like, what are you talking about? They're not allowed. No one else mentioned there's a virtual way. What do you mean? I said, well, I can go live at the house and I can do this for you and I got the listing over it. Like, you know, and, and I did it for them. They said, when are you doing that thing? You said, I said, oh, that live. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it next Tuesday. And well, the house sold a few days later, which actually looked great. But, um, I think it's, it's, it's good. I will probably continue that way. And if a seller asks me to host, we're going to have to get just really have a, have a very good procedure in place with how we do them.
0: Let's, we talked a lot about COVID, um, you know, naturally it's our first podcast back since dealing with everything, but let's talk about the market a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I know Joe likes to do his little, uh, market update videos. I love them. I use them for my own clients and be like, Hey, wait, sorry. I got to wait for the, uh, the oh, team video, the team
1: video? Um, <laughs> but
0: I think what a lot of people were really shocked about 2020 mm-hmm. was you know, for one, we had a very busy January to March, a very yeah. busy January to March. And it was actually up 11% or to almost 12% from the year before. Mm-hmm. And then we had the pandemic issue and I think everybody expected a, a market crash.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, is that what happened? It's not what happened. Not what happened. I have some of my own theories behind it.
0: Yep. Um, as long as it's not political conspiracy theory. I don't talk any, politics. No. no.
1: Okay. Nope. <laughs> um So in January, before this all hit, I said to my team that I, I, we were on pace to have an insane year. Mm -hmm. I felt like we were heading towards 2017 crazy times, like the end of 16 in the beginning of 17. Um, That's how I felt in January based on how many offers they were competing against Mm -hmm. and just analyzing what, what houses were selling for. Now that's not always an exciting thing. It, it, people, Correct. I think the public sometimes yeah. thinks, oh, you, you know, you may just must love when the market's so busy. It's actually quite challenging. So yes. handling multiple offers, I handled 26 offers last week on a property for one of our rebel agents who needed a manager to oversee everything because right. they had their own offers. 26 offers. I will tell you, it was not fun. No, it's a, not it a fun not. thing to do, a lot of rules to follow and, and it's not great for the buyers. There's 25 people that lost out on that, that house. Out on house. So my team members were gonna lose out on several houses this year. It was gonna be a struggle to get buyers into homes. It was going to be difficult. So I have a theory. I think if, if COVID didn't hit, this year would have been absolutely insane. Interesting. And I think there's a portion of people that stayed home and that are maybe sitting tight, just yeah. waiting still. But a whole bunch of them have come to the table and come to the surface. And so combined, you, combined Andrew, with Niagara, people yeah. really wanting to come here now. Yes, They did before, but now they want to even more to get out of the closed, tight environments in the big city. So I think it might be a combination. Not an so expert, but that's do you my think, theory.
0: So you think that if the uh, coronavirus never came in, um, we could have potentially seen uh, another 2016, 2017.
1: I do. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious to, to get any comments in this uh, video. Yeah, please let us if know. If you're an agent in Niagara or surrounding areas, uh, how do you? What do you think? Do you think that that's correct? I think we were heading for another really crazy year.
0: I, I. I you know what? I, I just maybe I didn't step outside enough because I wasn't a team leader um, in, in the regard that you are. So I'm, I don't see a, a lot of deals like you do, right? So I think I was just so caught up in the busyness between mm-hmm. January, March that I didn't think that it was going to explode that much without a coronavirus. Um, but I knew that it was definitely going to be friggin' busy. Like but, it wouldn't
1: have been an exact replica no, of, of course, sixteen seventeen. 17. coming How from. much we went up in that, you know, two year period was insane. But I think it was just getting so busy because I do monitor the offers, the offers, very right. closely. Like when my team members are offering on houses, I'm hearing about all of it, right? I'm kind of like, of Joe and I kind of know what's going on all the time. So they're saying, you know, we're offering with somebody, there's six offers on that house. There's 10 offers on that house. Mm-hmm. That's what was going on in January. And, and yeah. it still hadn't really picked up. Okay. So,
0: so what about, what about now? What about um, now? I think like June, obviously we can talk about June, 2020 as one of those moments in time where you have all that buy yes, there are still busy realtors. There's still a lot mm-hmm. of business going on during the mm-hmm. pandemic, but how much business was stopped in Toronto about the, the activity was down about 60% they were saying. Yeah. And in Niagara, even in some cases around 50%. So you have all this pent up buyer energy, that when, you know, coronavirus started slowing down, it just kind of released.
1: And it's like not like the virus, break-in. it's not like the virus slowed down though. No, it didn't. The restrictions were lifted. The The virus is still there, but the restrictions and how people feel about the right. virus, I think, is, is loosening up a little bit, which... I don't know if it should, but that's what's happening. Um, I remember the second month COVID hit, we were operating at 30% capacity. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, Joe and I were looking, and we were saying, normally there's this much activity this month. right? And we're operating with about a 25 to 30% activity. So there was very little sales going through Revel. There was very right. little sales going through the board. And it was about like 30% operating, uh, right. if that makes sense. Um, but like Joe wanted me to mention today, uh, every month since COVID hit, it's gone up significantly. Amazing. So so there's those people that we're holding off. Mm-hmm. Andrew, yes. And that's one of the predictions is all these people, you know, that we're kind of waiting. There's always people that want to buy and sell. And interest rates are historically low still. They yep. still are. Um, people want to invest. People want to take their money and invest more than ever. There's investment seminars and investing in their face now. And they never thought of it. Everyone wants to invest. I don't know. I think yeah. we are uh, largely at the mercy of the government to some to some degree, yep. and I love opinions on that in our comments because they can throw us a curveball. You know, like they did in April of 2017, they threw us a curveball. They're like, here's some foreign tax for you. And we were like, yeah. Whoa. And it just completely halted our market. Um, if CMHC makes more changes, if, if the banks, I don't know, or if the pandemic yeah. gets worse and all of a sudden they shut us down again, I think uh, we're doing well right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're doing our best for our clients right now. And I, I real estate is, is a constant. This I do This is what know. I'm thinking. What yeah, are you thinking? This, this is what I'm
0: thinking. So what i'm thinking and not to get religious but i'm thinking that there's essentially a mass exodus from people leaving the gta because what what they can do now is work from home so if you can work from home and if you don't need to be physically in your office I think people would much rather live in a larger house, a house Mm -hmm. that they're more comfortable with and something that offers a little bit more serenity, Mm -hmm. a little less density, a little less conject, uh, um, oh my God, what's that word? He's using
1: big words today. (laughs) I
0: know, I'm trying, Um, (laughs) but just something that's a little bit more slow pace. And I think that's why a lot of people are coming from Niagara is because they know that their Mm -hmm. money is gonna go further here. They know that they're gonna have a little bit of a bigger house. They can get themselves that bigger house with an office in it. And as well as Mm -hmm. you know that you're not gonna have to wait in line at the grocery store an hour just to get your groceries.
1: Yeah. And we right. had that go train really supporting our market and driving yeah. people down here. But there is still a portion of, of, of people working in Toronto saying ah, it's still a long commute. I don't know if I'm ready to do the Niagara thing. Uh, but now, yes, there's a large portion of people that I think um, are going to be working from home. Not mm-hmm. everybody, but there's a lot of people that will have that yeah. option and, and they're going to be ready to make that move now. So go train. You know, more people working from home, combination in low interest rates. We just have to see what happens in phase three, I think, especially in Niagara, yeah. because we are a border town. They have the borders closed uh, right now. You know, we don't know. When are they opening the borders? I don't I don't know yeah, what's happening. I,
0: just, I, I, I also think that I, I do and uh, might be an unpopular opinion, but I think that we are going to see something coming back in the fall. Um, I don't think it's going to do anything to our pricing at all. Uh, no. Just like it didn't the first time. I don't but think it I will think either. think we're going to see the activity down again.
1: There might be some drop in, in fall, activity, yeah. I think, in the fall. But with even that extreme drop at the beginning of the year, our prices did not go down. No, that's what and I'm And there telling. was some scare tactics and people talking about that. Oh, listen, now the yep. prices are going down, the prices are going down. And I saw that and I was like, oh, how was, could you it's, accurately it's, say that uh, without knowing? And, and, you know, they've gone up. We're up 11%. Mm-hmm. I think that was the stat Joe wanted me to say today. So year over year right now, up 11% percent still with a huge pandemic, which none of us would have ever imagined would have happened this year. So I agree with you. If there, if our numbers go up, if there's more restrictions, if we go a little backwards, um, that affects a lot of things. It affects, uh, unemployment. It affects, you know, there's so much going Mm -hmm. on in, in, in a bad way, right? Negative. Um, but real estate wise, I think we'll be okay.
0: Yeah. What else does uh, I, I want to make sure that I don't miss anything for Joe? Okay, so <laughs> what else does Joe want to make sure that we get it uh, across on the podcast today?
1: Oh, goodness. There were more sales in June 2020 than June 2019. What? So, uh, yes, crazy enough. But again, remember, a lot of those people were holding off. So, it like right. created a lot of them coming out of the woodworks. So we're having a late spring market. So normally our spring market is February. So January, February, March, everyone, that's spring market in real estate terms. It's not spring, spring. For realtors, January, February is when it gets busy. Uh, And we didn't have that. So we're having a late spring market right now with all Mm -hmm. those spring people are coming out. So, and, and I think it's going to just continue into the fall. So our spring market will now be like summer, fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what he thinks. And um, less homes coming to this means significantly constrained. There's a big uh, supply issue, yes,
0: even there
1: in is. the not yeah. just the lower ranges. I, the one I listed yesterday, it wasn't a lower range home, it was like mid range. Just so many showings today on it because there's a lack of supply. And I think that will continue.
0: I think I was looking at homes uh, now. By the time this podcast comes out, I'm going to be completely wrong. But I was looking at houses in uh, well in the other day. There was, I just did a, few, a the most general search and there's only 120 listings in all of well.
1: There's, there's very what? low listings. Yeah, it's yes. crazy.
0: And you're right, the luxury market is moving. Uh, we got an offer on our multi-million dollar property. We are mid range at the eight eighty five sold in a day. A lot Our of Re- the Revel luxury listings are flying day. off. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, the Revel luxury uh, division is just insane right now.
1: But like a one point three million dollar house in Niagara is mm-hmm. still like amazing for that that's Toronto cool. person that's selling a property that's two point five three million. Mm-hmm. So they're coming here, and to them, one point three is nothing. Exactly. They're getting a beautiful big house. They're working from home, or they're you know mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, even the high end ranges are doing good. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, we talked about we talked about a lot today. Yeah, we basically
0: covered everything I know that I wanted to get uh, out mm. into the podcast world.
1: The only thing that we didn't talk about, I wanted to talk about Friday frenzies. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Because good. it's so important at Revel. And the first month COVID hit, we still did our Friday frenzies. Okay, so
0: <laughs> let's for everybody who's listening now, uh, right now, let's try to explain what Friday frenzies are. Let's. So we're gonna bring it, it back to the. it sound kind the,
1: of nerdy a little bit, but they're fun. Friday Friday <laughs> frenzies. Well, <laughs> like you like find a, like a friends <laughs> thing. Yeah. They might think it's nerdy. But we're, that's but okay to care. be nerdy. It helps
0: build that uh culture yeah please go ahead (laughs) what's friday frenzy friday frenzy
1: is team building fun no work at all and you know we've been doing this since we opened six years ago apparently um and this is the first time we haven't been able to get together the last friday of every month for six years so the first month COVID hit i was really shifting fast to get education online Nikki uh, and Ryan, I think they were doing a lot of other things too, but one of the things, they were like, how can we do Friday Frenzies online? And and uh-huh, we we uh-huh. started doing some of my fun trivia nights, yep. and and we do what we can. Cooking. Cooking. Did we cooking did a one. cooking show. We all had our laptops out, and Emily Tropea is a big chef. You know, chef's extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, I'm not. So, you know, it was fun, and I think that's really important to keep the morale up in the office, you know? And... and it's just good yeah that's all i had okay. friday frenzies on my list and i think we talked about a lot of other yeah, things that's Great. we won't get into the mask debate at all no no just, just we don't it. get into those debates no. i wear my mask
0: i wear my mask i, don't, I think that you think you know where we stand now yeah um okay guys that's it
1: <laughs> that's a wrap
0: for our very first episode back after the pandemic uh my name is andrew perry
1: My co-host, Emily Berry. You didn't get to see his COVID hair because he has a hat on today. There's his COVID hair. Wow.
0: That's embarrassing. I feel like, I feel like Nicolas Cage in Con Air.
1: That actually, you kind of resemble Nicolas Cage. Oh, God, don't say that. Wow, with that hair. Thank you, (laughs) everybody.
0: We appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. Tune in next week where we will go over, I don't know yet, but we'll be going over. It's going to be fun and exciting. exciting.
1: Thanks, everyone.